Hack. Hey, it's Dave Marchese. Welcome to the Hack Podcast. Why are so many people in what's supposed to be one of the world's happiest countries on antidepressants? And how do you get psychological help if you're in a war-torn country like Ukraine? There's never been a time when we've spoken more about mental health. Even this week, you might have seen some headlines kicking around reminding us that it's been a year since the government slashed Medicare-supported psych appointments here in Australia. There are calls for us to do more. You've been telling us for so long that you need more mental health support. Looking around the world, though, at how other countries are dealing with this problem is really interesting too. My guest today is someone who's been doing this. He's been travelling the globe recently from Argentina to Denmark, delving into psychology and mental health. And he's put together a seven-part series for Al Jazeera called Mindset. You can watch it on YouTube now. His name is Drew Ambrose. He's here with us to chat about it. G'day, Drew. Welcome to Hack. Dave, great to be here. Thanks for having me. What surprised you most on this big trip you did around the world looking into mental health, do you think? I think the greatest revelation I had was how much geography matters and also basically, you know, like we looked at antidepressants in Iceland, for example. You're a long, long way from psychologists, hospitals and and support like that. Geography really does matter in that respect, but it's also culture as well. Um, you know, Latino communities are very open about talking. They go to therapists. You know, when you look around the world, the biggest takeaway I think I had was not everyone approaches dealing with their mental health issues in the exact same way. And that's what I wanted to illustrate through this series mindset. Yeah, there's definitely no one size fits all approach. And you kind of delve into that a bit. How did you pick the countries that you went to? Because they were all over the place, like Iceland, as you said, Argentina, Ukraine, South Korea, Jamaica. How did you pick where you wanted to go? I kind of wanted basically to show countries that were completely different. And um, that was the reasoning behind choosing, um, you know, seven broadly different countries, but also looking at places like Ukraine, like we see the headlines and the doom and gloom. But, you know, what are psychologists and therapists really doing to deal with, you know, the huge rates of PTSD that we're, we we see in some of these humanitarian crises. Well, if you focus on somewhere like Ukraine for a second, what kind of an impact has the war had on mental health there? Because you'd imagine it would be huge. Like, is there support available for people who need it? Well, that is a really interesting point. I think that um, I read in The Economist, they did this amazing article over the summer that said, I think 11% of the population has been exposed to combat trauma, not just trauma, but like seeing violence, experiencing violence. Um, For us, we, you know, looked at displaced communities and young injured soldiers, you know, 20-something-year-olds who lost their legs. How do psychologists give them happiness, help them see purpose in life. And, you know, in Ukraine, we embedded ourselves in this amazing center called Superhumans, where everyone is an amputee and 25,000 soldiers to date um, have lost a limb in conflict. And some of these guys, they, they're they doing their gym, they're, you know, like you would see, you know, in Sydney or Melbourne. But, you know, there's also therapists in offices and a lot, a lot of them go in there and talk quite openly about their problems. And the therapists are quite active in, um, you know, talking to them between their exercises. And even one soldier who, a young guy called Dennis, had lost both his legs and an arm. He, they used him as a therapist to talk to other young men 
who had lost a limb in conflict. And basically, because so many young people are losing limbs and they're losing soldiers on the front line, a lot of these guys are going back to the front line. So it's amazing what these psychologists do. They effectively prepare these young people who've gone through, you know, incredible ordeals to hit the front lines again. To me, it was an incredibly humbling experience to see. And I imagine the challenges for psychologists, mental health workers in a country like Ukraine might be a little different to a country like Argentina, which you also visited. You you mentioned there people are quite open. They want to speak about their mental health. In Ukraine, maybe there's a bit more stigma that's historically been um, embedded in the culture there. Exactly right, Dave. I mean, history does play a part in what kind of mental um, responses there are in different countries. In Argentina, they're very big on Sigmund Freud. Like um, his books came over from Europe and basically basically captured the imagination of civil society. Whereas in a country like Ukraine, um, the asylums were places where dissidents were locked up during the Soviet era. So people aren't so willing to talk about their problems and associate therapy with something that's quite bad. So history and what you're exposed to, like culture, like geography, does play a huge role in, um, you know, the kinds of mental health responses we see in different corners of the world. This is The Hack Podcast. I'm Dave Marchese. I'm speaking with investigative journalist Drew Ambrose, who's exploring mental health around the world in his new doco series, Mindset. You can catch it on YouTube now. It's worth a watch. It's so interesting seeing how countries around the world are grappling with this massive issue. The first episode, Drew, you focus on Iceland, which is a country that we're always told is one of the happiest in the world. But that little piece of trivia kind of takes a bit of a different tone. It hits differently when you find out that so many people in Iceland are on antidepressants. Like how widespread is that? Yeah, it's not just widespread. I think um, young girls in particular, when you look at the statistics, you know, they're taking antidepressants from 13, 14 years old. And, you know, we spoke to girls who had started from a young age, had gone through some very traumatic events in their life. But because there's just not therapists available and, you know, people live in rural communities and people, Icelandic people aren't like Argentinians, like open to talking about their problems. The solution that you see in Iceland is pills are simply prescribed as the solution to, you know, a mental health problem. Um, and, you know, we, we film with a, a group of people who are fighting back. They've set up a community centre called Hugurafl and they they are basically this kind of open shop essentially where people can come in and, you know, talk to a therapist and, you know, do art, um, yoga, music. Um, so there are people that are kind of going maybe just prescribing a pill is not the solution to the problem. Um, you know, we've got to look at it in a more holistic way. Um, but still, the, because I think it's, it's geography that really has created that culture because, you know, a lot of young people live so far away from Reykjavik, the big city. I think there's only just one hospital with a psychologist or psychiatrist available outside of Reykjavik. Well, let's hear from some people in Iceland that you spoke with. Here is someone talking about their life on antidepressants and, and just that, what you were speaking about there, how difficult it is to sometimes get support when you're away from the big cities. Me and my sister, we both take it and some of my friends take it as well. So it's definitely a pretty common thing. In rural Iceland, are there alternatives to antidepressants? Not really. There's not a good access to therapists. It's very difficult to get an appointment. 
it can be super expensive and just a pain. Very interesting. Drew, after visiting all these countries, looking at how they deal with mental health, do you have any reflections on how we're dealing with it here in Australia? Dave, I've got one word for you, psychedelics. For me, and this is the last episode of the series, I'm um, looking in Jamaica at the psychedelic industry and how, you know, ma- magic mushroom products are available on the shelves. I have a few issues with the way it's regulated, but in terms of seeing how people change on psychedelics and how it can be a good complement to psychology, for me, I was really surprised at, um, you know, how Jamaican psychologists were using it in their clinics, how they felt it changed a lot of people. And I had one psychologist say to me, you know, you know, we're a nation that loves our herbs. So naturally magic mushrooms um, works really well for the Jamaican culture. And it comes back to what we um, spoke about in the first question of culture and geography and history kind of guiding mental health approaches. But I found, I thought psychedelics were really, um, you know, they are the future of psychological support. So too VR as well. I mean, um, we've filmed in Denmark with this uh, university program where schizophrenics were basically creating the voices in their head using computer tools and then putting a VR headset on and confronting that voice. And, you know, we, we scrutinised all these programs and the effect that it had on um, people who suffer from schizophrenia, um, it had a remarkable change to their outlook and how they confronted their voices. So for me, like what I wanted to show in this series is, you know, psychology is evolving and the approaches are so much more than seeing a therapist or popping a pill. They're, they're, um, and there's so many different types of psychology as well. You know, we see sports psychology, um, you know, trauma psychology. Um, so I, I guess I want to make people think there is so much to mental health that you don't consider. And a lot of the output that you see is told from a very Western-centric perspective, whether it's a guru in Bali or, you know, an American therapist who's, you know, putting up Instagram stories. So my determination with this series was to show very different corners of the world, corners that you may never think about mental health there and kind of showing you seven snapshots of very different approaches and hopefully it makes changes the way you think about things. It definitely does. And fascinating to see things that we speak about quite often on Hack that seem very niche here in Australia that are being explored in a small way, being explored in a very big way in some of these countries, whether it is Jamaica with psychedelics or it is AI, VR in a country like Denmark. Was there one thing in common that you found in all of these countries, Drew, do you think? I think the big thing that you recognise, I think since the pandemic, is there has been a reckoning among civil society where people are being more aware of their mental health. I mean, you look at Ukraine and how we said, you know, like psychology was associated with being a locked up dissident in an asylum. Now a lot of these soldiers realise to get back to the front lines, they have to deal with their trauma. It's not parked away and the stigma is easing and people are going, we need to find solutions to this to this problem. So mental health issues are important and we have to address them. It's definitely worth a watch. If you've ever wondered about different ways we could be tackling the mental health crisis, go check it out. It's called Mindset. It's on YouTube now. Uh, Some episodes are there. Some are going to be dropping over the next few weeks. Investigative reporter Drew Ambrose, thanks for coming on Hack. Cheers, Dave. Summer Hack on Triple J.